Hi Coffsy community, thank you so much for having us today. Okay, so today, and I'm sure you have seen over the last few weeks, the conversations about gender-based violence, and we intend to speak about it in order to help promote your well-being. This is the great inequity we face, as gender-based violence moves across every boundary, including race, culture and class. Nonetheless, COVID-19 has brought tremendous strain with risk factors associated with gender-based violence being more dangerous than ever. Especially with the enforcement of the national lockdown, I think you can imagine that COVID-19 has impacted the upsurge of gender-based violence cases in South Africa. I mean, in the first week, approximately 87,000 calls were received. So even though the purpose of the lockdown is to curb the spread of COVID-19, it can be argued that violence against women has reached epidemic proportions. So why are we focusing on this? Well, much of our effort in South Africa has been focused on response. However, our response efforts need to be supported and complemented by proper prevention planning and policy development. We believe that by addressing the underlying interlinked causes of gender-based violence, we can work towards preventing it from happening in the first place. Since the recent month of August represented National Women's Month, we want to embrace the fact that we are stronger together. We think it is long overdue for the men in this country to stand up by not just protecting women, but by calling out the friends who objectify, the friends who abuse, and the friends who apologize but never really mean it, so they can realize what they are doing and be informed about helpful ways to manage negative behaviors. So let's talk about what is gender-based violence. So gender-based violence is systemic and deeply entrenched in institutions, cultures, and traditions in South Africa. It is an act of force that occurs due to the unequal power relationships between genders, basically to stay dominant, that preserves and serves male power and control. Although this belief has drastically changed for the better in recent decades, some still buy into these societal expectations. It can be physical, sexual, emotional and psychological, leading to being excluded socially and economically. It can be perpetrated by intimate partners, family members, acquaintances and strangers. So we believe that social justice and social change needs to be prioritised by educating the broader society on identifying these violent acts. It becomes imperative to enhance more well-being and find healthier ways to prevent these behaviours from repeatedly occurring. I think I would like to say that one of the most critical issues women face is inequality. Gender-based violence reinforces the social and cultural expectations of women and young girls. For many years, women have had limited access to resources, employment and positions of power, making it challenging to protect their bodies, meet their basic needs and participate meaningfully in society. Then from here, I think there are many psychological impacts of gender-based violence on women and girls. Well-being and the way women meaningfully function in their family roles are primarily disrupted when abuse has been experienced and it affects the individuals and the wider community. They live in fear and I'm sure it may bring many people back to the Am I Next protests and social media movements where we basically saw how gender-based violence truly caused collective trauma within the community of South African women and globally. I think another thing is, is that women can feel many emotions to, due to the recognition of social power differentials. Things like fear, confusion, anger, guilt, shame, and may also ask, why me? But an essential part of these emotions we must keep reinforcing is that men and the broader society need to acknowledge this, as even though gender-based violence has been widely spoken about, 
it is still not enough. Something not many people consider when they see a woman battling with gender-based violence is having substance use problems. Yes, substance use may make women feel better in the moment, but will feel worse in the long term. So again, there are so many factors to talk about, because if women have been using alcohol or drugs to cope, it is not really a good solution. Then if we look at psychological disorders, women are also at increased risk of depression, anxiety disorders and post-traumatic stress disorder. Having these disorders may mean shutting people out, feeling agitated, having startle responses to everything, not wanting to do something you once enjoyed, not trusting others, having low self-esteem and suicidality. So do you see why it becomes crucial to pay attention to the sensitivity? It's so critical to empower women and embrace their well-being. So I think you can gather from this that we believe that in order for us to prevent gender-based violence from happening and to promote women's well-being, we need to first look at the root of the problem. And the way that we can do this is identifying some underlying factors that are believed to lead men to abuse women and young girls. This is so important because women and young girls were unable to run to neighbours to seek shelter in prior stages of the lockdown. They may have had no access to their cell phones because of the control already in their homes or the privacy to make a phone call to the police. Support structures were also extremely limited at the beginning of the lockdown. NGOs were closed with women feeling helpless and isolated to the point where special permits were actually requested so that these institutions could open. So if you think about that, we are affected not only by our immediate setting in which we are situated in, but also by the broader social contexts. The theory behind this is a generalized ecological framework, which basically looks at the different levels of a situation which we feel might guide us in implementing prevention strategies of gender-based violence. Okay, so some factors or levels that can be identified is firstly individual level factors. So one of the most influential individual level factors associated with gender-based violence is having family history of violence, such as witnessing spousal abuse among one's parents, being a victim of child abuse or neglect, experiencing physical discipline as a child and having an absent or rejecting father. Of course, it can be said that people cope differently with tension and conflict in the household but a proportion of individuals still may adopt unhealthy behaviours, such as alcohol or drug consumption, which may increase violence in the home. Consider the narcotics ban, for example, as this also increased anxiety and stress, impacting the psychological health of many people, including perpetrators. The loss of income during the pandemic is also putting strain on individuals. This may leave some men feeling worthless because of being responsible for their family, resulting in frustration and conflict. Even more so, women and girls that are dependent on a working male figure are extremely vulnerable to experiencing violence during the lockdown. Secondly, we have family level factors. This may be something like having an abusive partner or the household environment may contribute to gender-based violence. When people are confined indoors, sometimes with a larger family, privacy is limited and stress and conflicts may increase. During lockdown, this conflict may include changes in the division of labour that creates potential disagreement. It may also include conflict over children, sex, money, housekeeping or social activities. If we situate this again, many men in our community are identified as the providers of their households and may now be experiencing the repercussions of university and business closure, which commonly involves loss of employment, financial challenges, lack of independence and freedom, 
contributing to increased levels of gender-based violence. But then thirdly, we have community level factors. Factors at this level include economic conditions such as periods of recession and concentrated disadvantage, such as widespread low socioeconomic status or poverty within the community. And you know, I think we are all aware that COVID-19 has led to a declining economic performance across the entire country. Also, social connections, relationships and the destruction of entertainment have become restricted by physical distancing measures. So those who formerly found relief in certain hobbies or physical activity outside of their home may find those activities more challenging or absent now. In other words, there is a lot of disconnection now from institutional, medical and informal support networks, which makes gender-based violence more than ever isolating and life-threatening. Living in crowded communities with a high crime rate is also a contributing risk factor, and these places are inescapable during the lockdown. Fourthly, we have societal level factors. So societal level factors are broad cultural values and beliefs or societal norms that influence gender-based violence. Societal level factors include cultural ideas about masculinity that value dominance, toughness and honor sexism, sexism or patriarchy more generally. This also includes rigid gender roles or sex roles stereotyping, acceptance of violence to solve problems and family norms that favor male entitlement or ownership of women. Cultural norms often dictate that men are aggressive, controlling and dominant, while women are docile, subservient and rely on men as providers. These norms can also cause violence when they are challenged. So from what I've already said, it's important then to have some kind of practical strategies to reduce gender-based violence. So some of the strategies that could help may be services designed to mitigate the impact of witnessing or directly experiencing violence, especially with young boys. Trauma-focused cognitive behavioural therapy for these young boys is an example of an effective intervention so that it can address their emotional, behavioural, cognitive and interpersonal regulation difficulties. This can help boys who have experienced continuing trauma of family violence to reduce the likelihood of maintaining it. Therefore, during the lockdown, when helping victims of gender-based violence, it is also essential to educate both young girls and young boys who are at risk. Another line of prevention is education. Men can use social media platforms to educate themselves and other men about what gender-based violence is, how it happens and how to prevent it. It is also so important for men to educate themselves about mental health, with how to cope with anxieties and frustrations without resorting to violence. Talk about your feelings and seek professional help if you are not coping. And remember, mental illness is not a personal failure. There is also a need for a shift in focus from seeing women as victims to seeing them as survivors, warriors, actors and agents of change, emphasizing women's and girls' empowerment and agency. Something that is already happening to help women is the use of social media platforms during the lockdown. Webinars, Facebook groups and Instagram pages have sped up recently that talks to gender-based violence. Some Instagram handles include Let Women Live, Stop GBV, Let's Help the Women of SA, as well as online information platforms called Athena, FAMSA and Tears Foundation. There is also a program called SASA, Start Awareness, Support and Action, which is a platform for men that strives for the prevention of violence against women by engaging and transforming the root cause of the problems. So its importance lies in actively transforming society with social justice as a central goal. But still, there is a huge need for group education activities 
where men can talk about the stereotypes of masculinity, submissiveness and inequality in general. Even create small groups of people, wear face masks, sanitize yourselves and sit two meters apart from each other. Starting up things like this more and more can allow men to talk about their frustrations and help each other understand how they can mitigate negative behaviours. So, we want to try and challenge every man during this Women's Month or any, any other month actually to create a WhatsApp group. Invite your male friends, classmates, colleagues or relatives and talk about what kind of underlying factors there may be as it may bring more open discussions. Then if we look at things from a chrono system, this includes major life transitions that are important turning points in a person. COVID-19 has definitely been a major life transition across the globe. In saying this, and due to the pandemic, there has been newfound understanding towards fighting for the social justice of gender-based violence, especially by making people call out men and for men themselves to identify their wrongdoings. Unfortunately, though, we may see a rise of gender-based violence in the coming future due to our economic and societal changes that come with the COVID-19 pandemic. But so it's up to us to educate more and more people about its serious effects. I think going a step further from what I have already is what we can do to assist men with the prevention of gender-based violence and maintain women's well-being. So I'm going to talk to a few tips for men on how to deal with frustration and conflict during the lockdown but also not even for the lockdown, as men can carry these with them whenever sees fit. Firstly, take a deep breath. If you feel yourself getting angry at something, breathe in while counting to three, then breathe out slowly counting to six. If you do this 10 times, you should notice yourself becoming calmer. If you're too agitated to breathe slowly, put your hands on your heart and simply wait until you feel more relaxed. Different strategies work for different people, so try being open to these. Secondly, ease the tension. It is good to calm down from explosions, but it is even better to reduce the buildup in the first place. It is likely everyone in your family is tenser because of the COVID-19 crisis. Many aspects cannot easily be fixed, like lost work or money stress, but others can, such as creating new routines or sharing space, resources or chores. Work out different ways to get exercise indoors, like games or apps. Importantly, lower expectations for yourself and those around you. What used to be natural might now be hard, and that is okay. Thirdly, talk to each other. When the tension is lower, quiet family conversations can help to name any stresses. Calling things like, this is a stressful time, or I'm angry, can be something to consider. Listen, too, to what the underlying anger may be. For instance, you like a certain amount of freedom in personal space, and your significant other may want more connection and closeness. And if he or she starts complaining about that, don't retaliate by painting your partner as a jailer or someone you can abuse. Over time, the most powerful thing to prevent explosions is by communicating and understanding. Try and appreciate your partner's perspective. Understand how people's thoughts, feelings and behaviours influence you. Fourthly, identify your behaviours. Many men do not always link to their emotions, but behavior is noticeable. Some behaviors to look out for is sleep disturbance, exaggerated startle responses to everything, headaches, stomach aches, and having a short fuse. Once you become more aware of what you are doing, you can then start to make the link to your emotions. Question why you are behaving this way and try and change it. Fifthly, role play. Doing role play exercises with someone can be very helpful. You may be able to project your own perspective when role-playing as your partner or child. 
Doing this can make you aware of the other family members' perspectives too, which is something that is commonly neglected. Sixthly, reflect. Create a space where you can practice perspective taking. Try and sit with uncomfortable feelings. We know that men have been brought up to not really show as much emotions. However, to suppress emotions because society has not allowed room for it will further impact you. It's time society allows men to communicate their feelings healthily. Think about your encounters of abusing and recognize how you navigated that. Try reflecting what its purpose was and whether it was right to confront and harm others. Looking back may be an essential part of building on your own inner resources to acknowledge and grow from previous mistakes. Seventhly, think about it from a strengths-based perspective. A strength focus builds on a person's inherent coping abilities and environmental resources. If abusive men can focus on their aspirations and competencies in healthy ways, it can change resistant thinking and build resilience. Combining this with ecological resources, such as having better relationships, acknowledging harmful behaviours and being aware of financial strain, will support restoration and ultimately adapt without resorting to violence. Eighthly, ask for help. The South African Depression and Anxiety Group, or SADAG, is a great platform. They offer support groups that may help you express your feelings to someone. You can search them on Facebook and Twitter, and you can also call them on 011-234-4837. Befrienders Helpline is also useful and can contact them on 051-444-5000, as well as the Suicide Crisis Line on 0800-567-567. I think it is safe to say that I hope we have highlighted never removing our focus on how men can more effectively take responsibility for their behaviour and what you can do to prevent violence from happening in your own space. Empower yourself to change. Use your self-determination for a better future. And the women out there who may go through this daily, we haven't forgotten about you. We are aware that lockdown has put pressure on receiving help, yet there are some crucial platforms to promote your well-being and ensure some safety. The Gender-Based Violence Command Centre is a good platform and you can call them on 0800-428-428. Lifeline Domestic Violence Helpline on 0800-150-150. Mosaic on 021-761-7585. And Tutuzela Care Centres also operate 24 hours that focus on rape crisis. Their WhatsApp group is 083-222-5164. I cannot stress this enough, but please, a reminder to men, call out the friends who objectify, the friends that abuse, and the friends who apologize but never really mean it. Let the struggle of women be no more. Let us work together to free people and communities from oppression, discrimination, and pain. As a final quote, here's to strong women. May we know them, may we be them, and may we raise them.